in the first trimester, a lot of women experience, you know, nausea and extreme fatigue. And so what I always recommend is just when you're feeling good, maybe it's first thing in the morning, just do it then. Even if it's mm -hmm. for, you know, half an hour or whatever it may be, something is always going to be better than nothing. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. We talk about a lot on this podcast when it comes to women's health and women's health issues and even issues with men, because look, we're all connected to at least some male in our life. But one of the things I feel like we haven't talked enough about is the journey of pregnancy and the journey afterwards, that whole postpartum period. So that's why I'm excited about this particular guest. I have with me, Sarah Bomar. Sarah is a fitness expert and founder and CEO of various highly successful sports nutrition brands, namely Apex Protein Snacks and Bomar Nutrition. She began her foray into fitness and nutrition back in 2014 after earning her fitness nutrition certification and personal trainer certification as well. Since then, she's continued to further her knowledge about health and the human body, even earning, I didn't know you could do this, even earning a prenatal and postpartum fitness specialist certification yes. from uh, the American Fitness Professional Association. She has an undergraduate degree in MBA in marketing, and I am thrilled to bring her on here to really dive into this topic around pregnancy and postpartum nutrition. What do we have wrong, Sarah? What's going on in this field? I will tell you, <laughs> I didn't want to share too much in the introduction. But I, obviously my knowledge has increased over the years, but when I first, you know, sort of entered the world of holistic medicine and integrative medicine, you know, I didn't know a whole lot when I was pregnant with my first child with Rania, who is now 14 years old. And I did not have the best pregnancy. And I certainly did not have the best postpartum period. I mean, I was like an infant in what I knew. And I was so nauseated that Chick-fil-A waffle fries were kind of my main sustenance for that whole first six months or so. And then I was like 70, 80 pounds, you know, I had gained 70 or 80 pounds by the end of it. And so we were sharing the story recently. I was like, how do you have a baby? I remember thinking this, I go, how do you have a baby? And then get on the scale and you're almost heavier than where you were before coming into the hospital. So it was just a really traumatic time for me. So I feel like this is an important topic and women need to understand how to care for themselves nutritionally through pregnancy and even afterwards, but there's just not a lot of information out there. How did you get into this sort of uh, area of women's health and fitness? Yeah. So it's definitely a very like, I feel like a lot of doctors sometimes have this old school mentality, especially when, you know, you go in and you say, well, I've been active. Can I remain active? And they say, well, don't lift more than 20 pounds. And it's like, well, I have a toddler at home and she's 22 pounds. So like, how right. does that work? So there's just a lot of like old school thinking when it comes to exercise with pregnancy and, and then the nutritional side of it, like you had mentioned, you know, every stage, every trimester is different when it comes to what nutrition and what vitamins you should focus on based on, you know, the fetal development mm -hmm. during that time, even, you know, when you're trying to conceive and then even 
after, you know, in what we call this fourth trimester. So I didn't even realize it was going to be a passion of mine until I became pregnant. So I got pregnant. Um, I gave birth to my daughter in August, 2020, and mm-hmm. then um, pregnant again, due February, 2022. So it's just become so like, just so fascinating to me just to hear from so many walks of life, especially, you know, on social media, I have a very large, you know, women following on social media. Mm -hmm. And so, and a lot of my followers have grown up, you know, with me on Instagram and a lot are pregnant right now, or a lot are trying to lose the pregnancy weight or, you know, whatever the case may be, or even trying to conceive, there's just so much information, you know, that once you know what you're looking for, there's quite a bit of, you know, vitamins you should take while even trying to conceive and eliminating caffeine, you know, while you're trying to conceive, it's just so it's a lot, but it's not at the same time. Um, so I, so I would say about four months ago, I put together a comprehensive blog that went through each trimester and which vitamins everyone should be focusing on. And then which foods have those vitamins, which is great. But like you said, if you're sick in the first trimester, you know, how do you make sure you're eating all of these things? And that's where a high quality prenatal is going to come into play to help fill those gaps. So it's definitely been, I wouldn't even say a passion project because it's become like so ingrained in me, but it definitely happened, you know, when I became pregnant and then just to see the challenges through pregnancy and then the postpartum challenges with the hormones and caring for, you know, a small person. And it's, I mean, to me, it's, to me, it's still a little crazy and I'm, you know, I've got my hands in so many different things, but like to this day, women come into the practice and no one like their OBGYNs don't talk about nutrition through pregnancy. They don't give them any guidelines about fitness. It is still kind of the same advice of like, we'll do what you're used to doing, but don't push yourself. Don't go beyond kind of yeah. the certain, you know, uh, threshold. And I'd love to kind of put some of that to rest for sure. Before we launch into that, I think it's really important for everyone to understand like Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine, they talked about, you know, prenatal conception, postnatal support. They had formulas for this stuff. Like mm-hmm. you would not just like let a woman have a baby and then be like, okay, good luck. Have a good time. Right. Like they <laughs> literally had soups and juices and broths and, mm-hmm. you know, dishes that were all meant to like return chi or return energy or blood back to a woman's body from this very physically taxing thing that she's just been through. And so I feel like, you know, those systems of medicine are like, 4,000 years old, but, you know, we are having to now revisit some of that to understand how sacred and important this time frame is and how we do need to be thinking about it a little bit differently. So let's start with fitness. And, you know, you have such a strong background in fitness and training, and I see so many women at so many different stages throughout, you know, their life. And what would you tell someone who is newly pregnant, what would you tell them to do in general? And what would you tell them in the first trimester or second trimester? You know, what does that fitness journey look like? And I'm going to add one more question on top of all of that. (laughs) You know, what, you know, so many women who want to lose weight and then get pregnant, Mm -hmm. what does fitness look like to them? So I'll let you jump into all of that. Yeah. So as far as, you know, the fitness level that you should be at while you are pregnant, 
the old rule of thumb, I think kind of still stands. You know, if you have been running half marathons beforehand, you can probably keep doing that. Um, you know, if you're not a high risk or, you know, carrying multiples or anything like that, but for the most part, you can continue to do what you've been doing now, minus contact sports probably should lay off the beach volleyball, right. Right. like football. But as far as, you know, weightlifting, like for me personally, I still lift weights five to six times a week. Um, I have a walking um, treadmill or a, a walking desk. That is just the greatest thing in the entire world. Cause I can get my steps in while I'm working, which is just two birds with one stone for me. So that's really where I would suggest, you know, women to start off. If you've already got a foundation of fitness, you can pretty much continue to do that. It, the, the tricky part when it comes to it is doctors in this old school thinking, they'll tell you not to get your heart rate over, you know, hundred right. per minute, but that's just so inaccurate because when you become pregnant, you have like five pounds more blood in your body. Right. So obviously your heart rate's already going to be elevated as is. So when I was finishing my certification, it's actually recommended to go off of the perceived rate of exertion. So if you can still talk while you're doing it, it's fine. You can continue to do that. If you're gasping for air and you cannot breathe, pump the brakes, you know, your body's overheating and you're going a little too hard in the pain. So that's kind of the rule of thumb. And if you've, like I said, if you've been doing it, you probably can continue to do it. Now, obviously as you get bigger and your center of gravity changes, you might need to decrease the weight that you're using. You might need to, you know, make adjustments for certain exercises, but I would say 95% of my fitness routine is the exact same as what I was doing before pregnancy as to what I'm doing now. Um, and then as far as abs, cause I know that's a big concern, you know, for women is stomach area and keeping everything tight. Um, I go through on my blog and then I also have a free, um, pregnancy fitness guide on my blog as well. And it goes through TVA activation and breath work and core strength during pregnancy. And it doesn't take a lot of time. I do it maybe 10 minutes a day and I had amazing results. I didn't have much separation after I gave birth. Um, so it's just about, we always say, um, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of the cure. Mm -hmm. And so even if you can start, even if you're at 30 weeks, it's never too late to start. You, know, you don't have to start on day one. You don't have to start the minute you found out you're pregnant, but just anything that can help. And it helps with labor. It helps with delivery. It helps yeah. with recovery. Like there's just so many amazing benefits to working out in a healthy pregnancy and even down to, you know, reduction of gestational diabetes. Um, you actually set the child up for, you know, lower risk of obesity. If you remain active while you are pregnant, but if you're just starting out, I honestly would just recommend aiming for 10,000 steps a day. Like okay. that can That's just good. help so much with circulation and swelling and edema and blood pressure just to get active in some way can help so much. And I know in the first trimester, a lot of women experience, you know, nausea and extreme fatigue. And so what I always recommend is just when you're feeling good, maybe it's first thing in the morning, just do it then. Even if it's mm -hmm. for, you know, half an hour or whatever it may be, something is always going to be better than nothing. I but love then that. To your, to your other question, yeah. um, you know, if someone is wanting to lose weight in order to get pregnant or, you know, to work on conception, um, kind of the same rule of thought is, you know, figure out how many days a week you can get to the gym and say it's three days. Okay. Well then you'll want, you know, a lower day an upper day, and then a core day, or mm -hmm. if you can go five days a week, you know, just break up those workouts that way. And what's so great about now compared to when I started like fitness, like a decade ago, there's just so much information out yeah. there. So if yeah. you can find someone 
on Instagram or on YouTube, all of these free resources where you're like, okay, I, I want to get into fitness. I don't know if I'm really going to like it. I need to lose weight because my doctor, whatever, whatever. You can find all these amazing resources online. And the most of the time you can find a program for free that will help immensely, which is amazing that we have all this content at our fingertips. So that's interesting that you say like, break it up because I feel like one mistake women make, including myself, quite honestly, mm-hmm. is that we think we have a very all or nothing approach to everything, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I get my hour in and it's not perfect. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. You know, what do you say to that when it comes to movement? Because once, whether you're pregnant, have a newborn baby, like that perfectionism kind of, you know, if you're going to have that mentality, I think that's when you get into a lot of trouble. So what is really effective for weight loss across the board, all women, when it comes to working out, what is a good strategy that all women can be thinking about? I would say if you can be active for four hours a week, that's going to help you immensely. It's just going to leak into all these areas of your life. You know, if you wake up and you do even 20 minutes on the treadmill before your first meal, chances are you're going to eat a healthier meal because you've already been active. You've already got that movement in. you really set yourself up for the day. But if you can aim for, you know, like I said, four hours a week, however you break that up, if it's four one hour sessions a week, that's great. That's really not a huge chunk of time when you break down the percentage, you know, given how many hours we have in the week. So I think too, now we're just in such a unique time where I personally prefer to work out at home. We built our home gym last summer, right before I had my daughter and it's helped so much, especially postpartum because she could be napping and I could be downstairs getting a workout. And even if it was 25 or 30 minutes, I just felt so much better afterwards and it helped my mental health and it helped me be a better mom for her. So I do think, you know, it's funny because my sister called me yesterday and she's like, I went to the gym for the first time and I did mm-hmm. legs and I'm going to be so sore. And I'm like, thank goodness. Like, but she's like, I just looked at your Instagram and I found all these exercises to do. And now that she's, you know, building on that foundation, I think it's, once you can establish like a habit, let's say for a week, you're going to hit 10,000 steps. And then the next week you're going to hit 10,000 steps and a gallon of water. And then you just keep building on these tiny little habits. It completely changes, you know, in three or four months. And it just helps, like I said, mental health so much when you can be a little active throughout the week. I think that's so important and such a great reminder as well. And so many people forget that they're really stuck on perfectionism or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. All right. That baby is here. Have the baby, maybe two babies <laughs> here, three, four, whatever's going on. That home gym is a savior. And I remember I had the intuition before my children. I'm like, I need to go get yoga certified because I have a feeling I'm going to be super busy someday and not be able to make it to, you know, yoga classes mm-hmm. or things like that. And, and that absolutely prove true. What needs to be in a home gym? What would you say, you know, someone's trying to build that home gym for the most effective use of their 20, 30 minutes, what would you put in there? So, I mean, it's going to depend on space and budget, but you know, if you're really trying to maximize the time, I would say a cable machine, um, they are a few thousand dollars, but you can do, I probably can accomplish 80% of my workout across my entire body on our cable machine. I absolutely love it. All of the attachments, you know, um, we also have adjustable dumbbells that I think they're a great space saver because they're adjustable. So you really only have like one mechanism and then you can adjust it. I think ours go from five to 30 pounds. Um, and then any sort of cardio equipment, whether you like to bike or row, 
um, a walking desk, kill two birds with one stone. I know a lot of people are working from home right now. So if you can put your computer up and just walk and get your steps in, you know, it does help time compounding when you can do two things at once. So definitely recommend, you know, cable machine, adjustable dumbbells, and then some piece of cardio equipment. Gotcha. Are you into all the bands and yeah, I really do like bands. Um, the difficult part is that I think people don't get it. I think people think they're not getting a good workout in. So like they're using bands and then like 15 minutes in, they're like, okay, this really isn't doing much for me. So I feel like they're a great accessory to weight training. Um, they definitely are great, you know, for especially travel because you can travel with bands really easily. Right. Um, so yeah, they're they're definitely an accessory for the gym, but I wouldn't say that you can use them solely if you're trying to like truly build significant muscle mass. And then what about the Peloton? And oh, the everyone's favorite. And I think it's great. I did so much spin class when I was getting ready for, you know, bodybuilding shows. And I think yeah. it's phenomenal, especially, you know, if you're competitive and you want yeah. to see your name go higher and higher on that leadership board. Yeah. Um, I think they're great. Uh, from what I've heard, the classes are extremely entertaining. Yeah. The music is great and it really holds you accountable. So, yeah, I mean, that's an amazing option. I do know they have a treadmill too now. So that's yeah. really cool. Too, yeah, so both. That. Okay. So I know that I know, I know what you guys are thinking, listening and watching cardio versus weights. If you had to choose between the two, which one would you tell women to do? Especially weights. pregnant women or postpartum women. Yep. Weights all day, every day. So when you're doing cardio, you're only burning calories while you're on the machine, but when you're weight training and you're building muscle, you're going to burn more calories throughout the day with more muscle mass that you have. So you're either going to burn calories for half an hour, you're going to burn calories for 24 hours. So it just helps, you know, with your bone density, it helps with posture. It just weight training has so many amazing benefits outside of just, and of course you're going to burn calories while you're right, eating, right. but just the added strength, you get to eat more food. Like who doesn't want to eat more right. food? <laughs> right. lose weight. Um, and then just to, you know, like I said, bone structure or bone density, there's just so many amazing benefits to weight training. So yeah, if you only have time for one, weight train hundred percent of the time. Okay. Every so time. I've never been a lover of weight training, but you'll be super happy to know. And everybody, you know, who has been following me knows this. I'm a more yoga Pilates type mm -hmm. person, but I've been weight training now for about, I think it's been about nine months. And yeah. I have gotten just in the last month, like I showed up, I keep showing up sometimes grudgingly, sometimes like whatever, like I'm yeah. here, you know, but in the last month, something flipped and I actually really look forward to it. I'm like, I, I, cause I think I can see the results. Like I'm getting yeah. stronger. My posture is getting better. Like, mm -hmm. you know, all of these other little benefits that I'm starting to see. And I actually really look forward to it now. And so now I'm like bummed when I miss it. So for all of you out there that <laughs> hate, you're like me, you hated weights, you won't get near a gym, you won't get near machines definitely just stick with it for a little bit and you'll get to where you'll miss it if, if you're not doing it. And most love, commercial gyms have great, you know, weight training classes too, yeah. especially if you're new or you might be intimidated or you just literally have no idea what you're doing. Like I know every gym that we belong, we have multiple gym memberships, but they all have amazing classes for, you know, not just yoga and Pilates, but they also have strength training classes. Yeah. That's, yeah, definitely have seen a difference there. Okay. Mm -hmm. This one is still a problem for me. I'm trying to be better about it. Hydration. So hydration mm -hmm. in the pregnant uh, woman and then a woman who's had a baby, what does that need to look like? And what does that mean for our fitness and our overall health? Yeah. So, I mean, water is obviously going to just help in so many ways, especially while pregnant, you know, you're 
you have a child sitting on your bladder. So, you know, the, the constant urination can dehydrate you. You run the risk of edema or swelling while pregnant. And I think a lot of women, you know, fear electrolytes and they fear sodium. And then they have this imbalance in sodium versus potassium and that causes excess swelling. So um, our company, Bowman Nutrition, we do sell a electrolyte product that helps tremendously when you when you're talking about electrolytes, but I think it's just making your water fun. Um, I always aim for a gallon a, a day. So, you know, that looks like I fill up my gallon in the morning and I just use that to fill up all my water cups. So whether I'm mixing our immunity product or replenish or protein shake all, or even coffee, like all of that's coming out of that gallon. So mm -hmm. that's a great way to just kind of gauge how much you're having. And then the same goes for, you know, postpartum or just aiming for that gallon. And even if you fall a little short, you're probably going to end up drinking more than you would have if you weren't measuring it. Gotcha. So it sounds like measuring is key, like having that gallon jug and, and yeah, the visual is really helpful. Cause then you can actually see, like, you might think, Oh, well I had two full cups earlier and it's like, Oh, you know, you really maybe don't. only had 16 <laughs> ounces when you really need 128 a day. So gotcha. that yeah. makes sense. Kind of like with food too. Like, Oh, I'm only, yeah. I'm eating this, but I really ate that. Um, all right. Fasting. Fasting has been super popular for the last few years, right? A lot of folks doing different styles of fasting, different intervals of fasting. I know what Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine would say about fasting in the postpartum period. And in the, in the pregnancy period, they'd be like, no, 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 your chi is going to get affected your blood sugar. They wouldn't say blood sugar. They would say chi and energy yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely do not fast. What do you say? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for fasting when you are not trying to conceive pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, so any other time in your life, I'm a huge proponent for fasting, not just for, you know, the weight loss benefits of it, but also the cellular autophagy benefits of it, the mental clarity. I'm a huge fan of fasting. If you can do it properly, a lot of people think that they're fasting and then they'll message me. They're like, I'm still hungry in the morning. And I'm like, well, what did you have? And they're like coffee with creamer. And I'm like, well, you broke your fast. So just because it's liquid doesn't mean you're right. not consuming something. So that is, you know, just finding out that you, how to do it properly is the biggest thing with fasting. But when it comes to weight loss, you know, you're still going to be eating the same number of calories. It's just your, your eating window is much shorter. So for me personally, I'd rather have three larger meals a day than six smaller meals. Mm -hmm. Who wants to make six meals a day. Right. So that right. has been the difficult part while getting pregnant again. I'm like, Oh, I can't fast until one o'clock right. anymore. Um, but no, I, I love fasting. My husband does it almost every day. Um, he's done like three to four day fasts. Like there's just wow. so many amazing benefits to it. Yeah. Um, you know, once you dive into the science of it. So fascinating. And so when you're fasting, uh, you know, what, what are some of the parameters you would tell women, like limit it to a 12 hour fast, limit it to a 14 hour fast, you know, Honestly, what, just what like, a, for me, you know, I usually naturally just stop eating at around eight o'clock at night. Anyways, I'm not like a super like night eater and then just kind of gauge, you know, when you feel hungry the next day, the first few days, you're definitely going to be hungry, you know, in the yeah. morning. But once you become fat adapted and your body can fuel itself until, you know, you start eating, you probably could fast for, you know, 14 to 15 hours no problem. Um, mm -hmm. you do want to make sure, you know, if you are insulin sensitive or if you have, you know, blood spike, blood sugar spikes of any kind, obviously fasting might not be for you, but for the normal average healthy person, I think it's a great way to have that mental clarity and, you know, reduce that feeding window. And it might help with weight loss in the end, because like I said, three larger meals versus six smaller ones 
can really help and digestion improves. There's just so many amazing benefits to it. Yeah. It's interesting though, because the women that are nauseated through that first trimester, like I was, or even some are nauseated even further into it. Like the sort of reigning thought has been eat every three to four hours Mm -hmm. to be ahead of these blood sugar dips that are technically triggering the nausea. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think about that, but I will say there's a super interesting study that just came out. I think it came out last weekend talking about uh, that nausea is really more connected to the microbiome, to the gut mm-hmm. microbiome, and that like not having enough lactobacillus bacteria on board is one of the reasons some women have more nausea than others. So we'll see where the science takes us down the road. But I don't know what you have to, <laughs> what you, your experience has been working with women when they have nausea or morning sickness and fasting. What have you seen there? Yeah. I mean, so the science and like every certification says never recommend fasting while pregnant. It's just what we have to say, but, um, we do have a probiotic that actually has 12 different strains of these, you know, microbiomes that you are strains to help your microbiome. Um, and that has helped tremendously with a lot of women and their nausea. Mm -hmm. Um, and then acid reflux as well. Our probiotics have helped tremendously with, but some women, unfortunately it's just genetic and unavoidable. And I, I'm very blessed. I never got, or never got pregnant. I never got nausea with either pregnancy. And then my best friend who's, you know, same stature as me, you know, literally same everything for one pregnancy. She had to literally sleep outside to just the yard because she like, she got so sick and I'm like, why did you want to keep getting pregnant? That sounds awful. Oh like, yeah. We've had three babies now yeah. and it's all been the same, but so yeah. I definitely feel for, you know, for anyone who gets sick and, um, it's, they, they do make some pretty cool, like products now, like those preggy pops, yeah. um, and just different like drinks and things, but it's all just kind of about finding what works for you. But I definitely feel for, you know, anyone who deals with that. Definitely. Well, this has been amazing. And I love that you're shining light on what, you know, the, the pregnant mom and the postpartum mom needs to be thinking about when it comes to fitness and nutrition. I feel like, again, there just needs to be more information on this out there. That's readily available for sure. Is there anything else you want to make sure we point out before we jump off here? I think it's super important to just remember, like, your body is going to change while pregnant. Your hips will get wider. They may never go back down to me. That was a huge blessing because I never had hips. Mm -hmm. So I love that that happened. But I think women are just so concerned about like getting back to that pre-pregnancy weight when like the scale should be like the last thing on anyone's mind. Like, of course, everyone wants, you know, to get their body back. And I, I just, I always feel like it's too much of a focus and you're just active and you're eating in a way that's, you know, healthy and is going to fuel you. And you're just, you're just going to be a better mom without focusing. Like your baby doesn't care what's on the scale, you know, you're going to love you no matter what. So I think it's just very important for just mental health and keeping stress low to like, you're always going to be able to lose weight, but you're never going to get like that time back with your children. So I think it's just super important to like, you know, yes, be active, but also like, don't make it your primary focus to like get back to your pre-body weight. Cause that might never happen, but right. you may look better at, you know, 140 than you did at 130 because your body right. has changed, right. you know? Yeah. yeah so. That's hard for so many women to wrap mm-hmm. their heads around, but, yeah. but changes sometimes are good changes and weight yeah. is not <laughs> the only measure of success. Right. So anyhow, <laughs> well, wonderful. If folks want to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Yeah. So Instagram is just Sarah underscore Bomar. And then all, all of our companies are listed there. And then my blog is sarahbomar.com and all of the pregnancy stuff and postpartum and pretty much everything can be found there as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking time out. sounds like you've got some little ones there in the background yes. also. How old are yours? Um, well, my husband's 31. You can hear him. <laughs> my daughter, she just turned 16 months yesterday. So. Oh my gosh. I'm busy. Yeah. Busy, busy time for, for moms. Well, thank you again. And for everybody else, if you're a new mom thinking about being a mom or know a mom who would benefit from this, please share it with them for sure. And thank you all for joining me today on this episode of Superwoman Wellness. I'll see you guys next time. 